Hello, this is another Solid Gold podcast. I'm John Vlismus, and you are listening to the delightful Carmen Murray show. I stopped a bit on show. The Carmen Murray show. Hello, I'm John Vlismus, and you are listening to another Solid Gold podcast. You are listening right now to the delightful, the delectable Carmen Murray podcast. Oh, for f- keep it as a, you know, another option. Hello, I'm John Vlismus. Uh, you are listening to another Solid Gold podcast. And right now, you are listening to the delightful and delectable Carmen Murray Show. Future Fit Tribe, before we start today's episode, if you are looking for more inspiration, visit my column on bizcommunity.com where I unpack the burning marketing issues that businesses face today. You can sign up for our Future Fit Masterclasses at booyah.co.za to build connected customer experiences and also check out our other cool services. Last but not least, don't forget to book your tickets to our regular Future Fit networking events aimed at helping you surf the tsunami of change. The events bring fresh perspectives with tour de force speakers and thought leaders as we debate, learn, inspire, connect. Tickets always sell fast, so book today. All the links you need appear in the show notes of the episode. Now on with today's show. Are you seeking to broaden your horizons to stay relevant and become future fit? Do you want to fuel your creativity and inspire innovation? Or are you simply looking to put the kapow back into your business? Then look no further. Join Carmen Murray, entrepreneur, innovator, and tech fundi with her big personality and presentation style as she interviews celebrities, alchemists, newsmakers, and business experts to discover the stories behind their success. The Carmen Murray Show will open your mind and help you turn knowledge into magic. Let knowledge be your superpower. And now, from Solid Gold Studios, here's your host, Carmen Murray. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Carmen Murray Show. We are super excited. One of my favorite guests is here today, and um, we're going to pick up on a conversation we had a few months ago. So, without further ado, John Flismus, welcome. How, how are you? I'm good. It's been a long time. It's been a, it's been quite a year. A year. It's been yeah. Facebook gave me a notification to show me. Really? It's been a, yeah, it's a been a, just over a year. That's amazing. I can't believe it. I know. Time has flown. A lot has happened. There's an American lady introducing you now. Which is, <laughs> that's huge because Amer- everything American is better. Um, Isn't that cool? Apparently, it's amazing. <laughs> Let's just go against the tide, shall we? Like, yeah, no, everything is about proudly African. As elections approach, have a Donald Trumpian, very good. <laughs> uh, so a lot has happened um, in the past here, and mm. um, you dropped a big bomb, uh, I would say, a week ago or so, to say that you're, like, doing your last show, um, which we need to talk about. Well, we can. I mean, I didn't say that. Um, but it seems to be how people have interpreted it. But oh, is this fake news? Well, it's not. It's just oversimplification. People are, you know, reductivism is like a f- very favorite pastime of people now on social media. So, no, uh, I thought uh, Leslie Stones wrote a great article. She very cleverly summed it up, uh, a joke that I made. Um, uh, but I have to say, now that she's sort of summed it up in that way, I, you know, it's possible. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to do comedy, and I don't think I have to. Like, I don't, you know, no one owes anything to anyone. So, yeah. So if that is my decision at the age of 45 or 46, uh, 
you know, I thought, because what I said was, I said it would be ironic <laughs> that this show about death, which yeah. may not be my most commercially popular show, um, was my last show, and it's called The End. Wouldn't mm. that be hilarious? Mm. Um, and then in the course of the story, people have interpreted what Leslie said. But worse than that, people have heard what other people said and then decided that that's what I oh said. So I don't know. It's given me a, uh, something to think about. I'm <laughs> lisping now because I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but I mean, um, for, for our audience overseas and locally, so John Flismus is a business oracle as well. He's quite <laughs> a creative um, funzi. And he pushes the boundaries a lot. So apart from comedy, there's a lot happening in the back end. Um, very, I think you're probably, you inspire me a lot because you're quite a evolving, uh, you have quite an evolving nature. What you mm. see every time is somebody different. Somebody, you've changed your views about something. Yeah. You, you evolve quite easily. You adapt to change. Yeah, I, I think it's important just as a human um, to keep, changing i think there's this thing that we taught that you must keep your hair cut the same you must look the same your whole life and you must just die with very little complications <laughs> like I, I think life's an experiment and if you don't you know why would you possibly repeat other experiments yeah. it, it makes no sense whatsoever so i think you're given this kind of multi-sensory treasure trove um if you don't explore it as much as you can then i'm sad for you yeah no it's true one question I, i've always wanted to ask you but i'm I asked it off air, so now I have to ask it on air. Right. I started moving into a place where I want to be more authentic and yeah. say what I think, mm. which um, is not, I don't think a lot of people don't always appreciate it. Yeah. And there's a lot of resistance. Yes. And I'm a person that sometimes really care what people think. And I know that's, right. the, that's the big problem. So that's the paradox is you need approval, but you would like to say what you really think. Correct. Yeah, How that's do you do that? Of, let go of the approval problem. Say what you think. Yeah. That's what I, because I think I used to do comedy that was all about stereotypes. And when I look back, I'm ashamed. Mm. I'm not helping. Mm. Only now that I'm doing the comedy that I want to do, where I don't care if everyone wants to watch it, but I'm not going to do jokes about black people talk like this and colored people have no teeth Correct. and like all of the same old rubbish mm. because we are part of the problem. We reinforce the pop culture that enforces like structural issues. So it's going to take someone. And I, and I saw two stand-up shows on Netflix that changed my entire life. Yeah. Um, Ricky Gervais has always been the guy who bends the comedy around issues like empathy and kindness and love. Right. And, and that's amazing. Um, but then I saw a comic called Hannah Gadsby who did a, a, um, a very good stand-up special called Nanette. And that was, in fact, her last stand-up show. Um, she explained why she had to stop. And it was brilliant. Um, and then I saw Patton Oswalt's show called Annihilation, which was the first stand-up show he's done since his wife died, just with no warning in her sleep next to him. I don't know if they were sleeping in the same bed, but she died very <laughs> suddenly in the night. Sure. And he was very quiet for a couple of years, and then he did the show called Annihilation. And in that show, he dealt with it. Um, and those two shows broke the wheel for me. I just thought, mm. why not? And in fact, Peter Dirk A said to me years ago, you must always try and hide spikes between the fluff. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, Peter Dirk is like a, he's a recurring oracle. You spoke about oracle. That's an, he's an oracle. That guy has gone to the very edge of like what satire really means. And he's lived it. He's lived it. Mm. So um, I have learned later on in life to be much more 
careful when I listen to Peter and what he says because he's generous with advice, but he's also very, very intelligent and a beautiful, mm. a beautiful human being. Mm. No, he, brave I mean, and just smart and articulate and empathetic and amazing. We should get him on the show. Yeah, you should. He's he's always working. He's never not working. <laughs> but if you can uh, spend oh five minutes with Peter Duke Ace, you, you, life will be better. I would love that. I think we'll organize that. Okay, so I think let's let's start from the beginning. So last last um, show the, was the brain dump. So you had the brain dump show. Yes. How did that go? It went really well. Uh, people really liked it. It was a mad, almost like a lecture on the workings of the brain um, with jokes and some facts and uh and it was playing out while my dad was in bed with a stroke. Great. So so it had like an extra, you know, interest for me because he was starting to recover mm. the way we said he would yeah. when he had the stroke and we did all the research. And I say we because my family's, but my sister and I are particularly big on finding out stuff. So we were explaining to him how he was recovering as he was recovering. So uh, just to, to, for those of you who haven't listened to the episode, so both... Um, John and myself just like the two months apart yeah. like both our parents had um, a stroke yeah. and we've had our strokes of insight yes indeed um, from, from that and um, what was the journey like after your dad had the stroke well it was going well stroke wise oh. but what we didn't know was that he was developing some fairly catastrophic cardiac issues oh my gosh and then when those began then there was nothing that could be done so my dad died in october um from congestive cardiac failure a whole new area of study uh <laughs> which is irreversible you can live with it for 10 years um depending on the on on the um the magnitude and the and the, where it occurs mm. but my dad's version was pretty serious so a very big piece of his heart muscle was damaged the wall of his heart and uh, and it couldn't beat properly so the contractility of his heart was mm. affected and so he basically started to spiral downward and then eventually he had cardiac arrest yeah. I'm so sorry, but I know it's Did a you do it? Line. I mean, we've, I've been looking for the bastard who <laughs> is responsible. No, I didn't. It's Damn one it. of the things people say, and they say they're sorry. And I mean, you know, it's funny, but, but it's okay, because yeah. I know it wasn't you. Uh, you know, the thing is, I have empathy, because... Yes, you I, kind of... I, I, how's your I, mom? I, I, my mom, she's become more like a five-year-old, and she's on a loop. Right. So, so yeah. It, and you know what's the most interesting thing? Two things that I've picked up. Yeah. Since... Uh, my mom's had the stroke I've realized how many people in my circle have been dealing with the same thing and haven't been ah. talking about it okay and a lot of people changing their health habits has to do with parents having strokes or having health yeah, related issues I mean like my husband after my mom had the stroke started exercising he, he runs He's he is now a compulsive runner right like I call him Forrest or four dice. It all depends on what day, <laughs> day it is. But I mean, like, seriously, he's run. He started running um, last year. He's on half marathons now. Um, and 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 the interesting is just when you start seeing and noticing the behaviour and how a stroke can impact such a huge circle. Yeah, it's um, a very well-known comedian that I worked with before, um, Incognito, died on stage the other day in Britain. Mm. He had a, stro a major stroke at the age of sixty. Sat <gasps> down on a stool and. He basically oh died over five minutes where everyone thought he was joking. <gasps> yeah. But I mean, what a way to go. You oh know, God, if you're going to go. That is like horrible. Well, I mean, it is. But also, you know, if you're going to go as a comic, I suppose that's how you want to go. Jeez, like, okay, well. I don't know. I've never died uh, physically. <laughs> I've died on stage. That's a different story. <laughs> Several times. Um, but, but yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Oh, oh you gosh. can. You're allowed to laugh around <laughs> death. This is my whole point, you know. I'm like, I know, but this is like, this is the the weird thing. Is like, I love the idea that you you have the you have the brave heart to talk about. It. I want to tell you a story. So, um, the launch of the Future Fit Networking events. Um, was all around storytelling and we mm. had like actors performing different forms of storytelling and then speakers it's really like a pop-up of pop-up of experiences right so i was challenged to tell a story and tell my personal story and my personal story was about my mom right and it's i've never ever done business talks where I, i've never gone that personal so you compartmentalize quite well. Yeah. So yeah. I, when I talk business and I can be all fun and happy and whatever, but when it comes to my 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 walls and my heart, yes. I'm very it's very difficult for me to talk about it. And I had to there was like over a hundred people and I started talking and I actually almost started crying, like literally. Right. So it's good like, though when you can turn on the waterworks. Never do that again. I've never felt so vulnerable in my life. Well, I was gonna say you were vulnerable in front of strangers, which is that's amazing. That's an amazing thing to do. No, I feel like I'm your therapist now. It's crazy. <laughs> Maybe you are. Like, oh yeah. my God, that's just so insane. <laughs> John Flissons, bless us, man. <laughs> I've spent enough money on them, so I feel like I'm qualified. <laughs> oh, no, but so, so I find it very interesting and brave that you have put a whole show together called The End, which is inspired by what happened with your dad and yeah well i mean my dad dying uh, gave me this kind of clarity and we i mean i was with my dad a lot over the five months um and then we were always close we got very close uh, when he was sick and then um and then uh right up to the moment he actually died and in the hours afterwards and the days um i found that i was making jokes i made a joke as my dad died and oh, wow. and and um i wasn't trying to be um Disrespectful. In fact, I found it to be deeply respectful um, because I think great comedy is about triumph of the spirit. And I know my dad gave me that gift um, of being irreverent because it, it's a great pressure reliever. Um, and I think we allow these, I mean, especially something inevitable. Mm. Why would you possibly not take the wind out of its sails? Do you really want to die crying and like sad and like, yeah? How appalling, man! I grew up watching Bruce Willis. Like, you never ever ever give up. Yeah. You don't give up. Yeah. You, you raise your middle finger as death approaches. You're like, I know I'm small. I know I'm finite. But hey, man, fuck, fuck you. And you might have to edit that out. But, <laughs> but you know, in the face of death, you have to swear. And and um, we don't. We throw this massive death party mm. where we all dress up. We become delegates for death, and we tell yeah. each other how like terrifying and inevitable and powerful death is why y yeah. you know half my family's religious why are they crying they thought he was going to go to heaven why are they not happy mm. well because ultimately it's a horrifying inevitable thing and you don't know you don't i don't care what you say or what you believe or how badly you want to get into heaven you don't know mm. and so it becomes this big sad thing and i'm like well no what i realized was my dad's written into my dna scientifically so he's not dead. I mean, he's around. He's just, he's Correct. in my, some of my neural networks and he's in some of my cells. Yeah. So I'm going to enjoy that as long as that lasts. Yeah. And then hope, maybe it's passed on to my daughter. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and I live on in her. Like, it's just, it's life. You're part of mm. this process. There's no, you're not owed anything just because that's your window period to be awake. Correct. Correct. You know.
it's, it almost reminds me of those American shows, you know, where they, instead of having a funeral where it's like, they have this huge bashes and yeah. parties. I so mean, we did that. My, my husband, I mean, oh, he's going to kill me for telling this story, but babe. It's coming from a good place. Um, he was telling me, like, you know, in, in Irish tradition, because he's Irish, like, mm. w- they party hard. Have a wake. Yeah. <laughs> like, they play poker around the, the cast. And what is it? It's not cast. What is it? The, well, it can casket. be a cask. A casket. Casket. Cask is wine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why I remember that word. <laughs> but, um, like, they would play poker, have, have, Shots of whiskey, um, a Guinness, and talk to the guy. Talk to the guy, have a celebration, and party, and and make fun of him or her. Like this is the kind of stuff that that um, you know because they're celebrating the person in their own unique way. Yeah. Well, my dad said he didn't want his friends to have to wear a dark suit or say a dreary word, and I thought that was the best instruction ever. So we threw him a jazz party with a a gorgeous jazz singer on a Sunday afternoon at a beautiful park under the trees. We made the food from his restaurant for his friends. They all came and just had a really, really good afternoon. That was it. How beautiful is that? Then we smuggled his ashes to um, Victoria Falls. I and we saw. spread those at dawn, which, you know, now we can talk about it because we got it done. They're not going to hoover it up. So, yeah. uh, so, so that's fine. <laughs> but he loved it there. And we found a spot where there's like almost a permanent rainbow because of the, the mist, depending on the, on the water. So the way it falls at sunrise, there's this rainbow almost all the time. So that was great. That was a beautiful moment. Um, and then we left some of his ashes at a church because there are some people who f- feel that that's important. So it's also about those people to give them a place to visit and feel like he's close to their boss, you know. So we did that as well. So he's, it was a very busy set of um, goodbyes we did. We also cooked lunch for uh, 16 of his of close friends. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he used to do a, a lunch. So we did one last lunch for his friends. So we did that. Oh, that um, is so beautiful. Yeah, every dish had like a connection to him, you know, somehow connected to his way. So, yeah, I think it was a fairly substantial set of goodbyes. But I, I just I can't bury my dad anymore. We've done enough We've now. We've done enough now. Like we've done like four or five of these things I can't. Like it's just like <laughs> ripping a scab off every time. You know, it's just getting better. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but uh, you have to celebrate the life. You can't – this thing of death being this like Victorian – it's really retarded. Yeah. I think as, as we're moving into this uh, this era where everything is being challenged, I don't know if you've watched, watched all... Oh, I shouldn't say that. The Scientology. Have you watched the Scientology? No, I, I, I'm nervous. I want to go there, but I'm scared no, that once, once they get you addressed, they will never leave you alone. You'll be broke. <laughs> no, I just... I, I want to check it out, but I, I just... It sounds like it's just so in, enmeshed, you know. Oh, my God. No, have you watch, been? No, I've watched documentary. Okay. Of Leah Remini. Oh, yes, I've seen some of those episodes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's just... I'm so scared. Just now I'm going to have honey badges here. That <laughs> 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 it's fine. They are quite crazy. But listen, I, um, I, the thing is, is I think there's a lot, lot... I mean, whatever you believe in and whatever the case might be, I think we need to get to a place in life where we question things more. Yeah. I think we don't question things enough. Mm. I think... Um, the way that you're approaching this show is going to be epic. And I have a lot of my friends that's gone through the same thing that are super excited about your show. Oh, cool. I've already spoken to my brother and I said to him, listen, you guys have to go. Um, because we, they, we, we, we've been following your journey and vi- vi- right, vice right. versa. So yeah. very excited about that. So I want to go a little bit beyond the show. Mm. I want to talk like comedy. Like, where do you think it's going? Where's it going for John? Hmm. Um, 
It's a good question. I, I don't know. I think um, the academic stuff I'm doing is kind of uh, getting closer to the comedy. So there's more and more research in the comedy. Um, I'm certainly not that excited about doing middle of the road comedy. I'm playing for laughs. I just don't think it's – it sounds ridiculous because at the end of the day, comedy is when the audience laughs. I mean, that's the definition. Correct. But um, I feel like we've done the South African audiences a disservice by reinforcing the same old crap for so long. And I actually saw a Leon Schuster trailer the other day, and I cannot believe his new film is no different from his old. Mm. There's just been no – he still thinks it's hilarious to put black people with a snake and then they run away from the combi. Uh, it's no. just like, dude, really? It's it's not being woke. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that it's important in this point in a day and eras to be more woke. And, and with the Goliath brothers, when they were here, I was specifically asking that with Kevin um, Hart. Kevin and, Hart, yeah. You know, things that you do now with the age of social media, things start moving along and then society is more connected than ever before, yeah. more informed than ever before. Yeah. So your content, when they look back, and if you've said something offensive... No, I'm, I'm, I'm horrified by some of my content and online. You can't, I mean, but, but you acknowledge it. There's a lot of people that just don't know about it. No, no, no. no. I mean, I try to remove thing. content from online. But the truth is I said it. I'm, I'm not going to deny that I said it. I mean, I, and people still ask me to do pieces of material that I find deeply offensive to myself. Um, and I don't do it. Like, there's no chance. Mm. And because I'm also getting older and I'm more grumpy. I, I, I don't, I'm not interested in being the dancing yeah. monkey boy for people um, yeah. um, I, I, I'm not going to like go to a corporate gig and then some asshole cyclist CEO hey but come here tell me a joke C- fuck you I'm not your, <laughs> I'm not fuck, I'm not on the clock here I'm just a person why do people think that this is the ironic thing is it's like like if you if you see a psychic oh I'm I'm moving towards a psychic just because you not, don't know my name, you can't be a psychic. Or yes. or I'm in technology and just because I can't set up something on my um you know, on my computer or I'm battling with it. Oh, but you're in technology. I'm yeah. I am not um a developer I like you know what you know what I mean like yeah but, but so also they've like, missed the point of the thing is that um, you're asking for something if you didn't need the help you wouldn't ask like it's just stupid we've all become these like you know all-knowing social media judges um there are very few experts in the world very few there's and so th- few I think the moment you actually acknowledge that there's no such thing as an expert I mean I'm actually when when we listened to the intro I was like whoo I think I need to change the in- intro because saying tech fundi could be a problem in the future yeah. because it's a it, technology is changing so much on a day to day but I mean you do spend a lot of your time uh, you do become you know educated on what's going on in tech I mean I I've always felt that like interacting with you you know what's happening in the technical space i mean i but that doesn't mean if you didn't know something like i would go oh well carmen mate doesn't know like she says she's an egg like you didn't you didn't say you were a doctor of you know you've exactly. written a thesis so i mean i just think um and it's a good and bad thing mm. you know you mentioned earlier about this increased access to connection and the global view i agree i think it's brilliant that we have more a South African comedy fan now has access to be more discerning mm. about what great comedy really is. It doesn't have to be a joke about weaves. Um, um, but at the same time, you have to accept that while that connectivity is very good, there's a negative side, which mm. is the comment section. Yeah. It's an old syndrome of give the peanut gallery a chance and then everyone you know, wants to hear their voice. It's like seeing your name in lights. You get your 15 characters of fame. 
um, you just have to accept that that comes along. Yeah. You know, like you said about needing approval, the world has never been more reliant on feedback than we are now. Correct. Constant real time updates of feedback who likes you who poked you who thinks you know who you know whatever yeah. who retweeted you who can he so so we living this constant judgment mm. no it's so true just let it go no it's, it sounds like a song let it go let it go <laughs> <laughs> what was her name uh, uh, uh frozen uh, elsa in frozen see i had a daughter who was a child once yeah and she's turning 18 this year hey she is indeed oh my gosh she's gonna study psychology next year can How I tell you that? that's the job of the future? Really? Yes. Bingo. I, I, um, I had a discussion with um, a, a quite a few futurists and, and people that were talking about um, the future of jobs. And because we're moving into an era that's so disconnected, mm-hmm. um, that um, removal from society and always being on our phones, um, psychologists is probably going to be the number one job because people are going to need to reconnect with themselves. Um, as human beings and wow. have that um, face-to-face touch and it's apparently one of the jobs that we'll, we will be seeing rising in the wow. future. So, and it's, it's not a job that maybe there would be psychologists that's robotic, but I don't know who would want to take advice from a, from a robot, but this is the only one that um, AI probably won't be able to influence as much because of yeah. um, real emotions, real people. So, I mean, we, we're going to, I'm part of this Henley Global Masterclass series that's going around. Um, we were in Lagos last, now we're going to Munich in May and then hopefully back to Lagos and then Joburg and then Copenhagen. Um, we are talking about this, uh, augmented leadership. And oh, I um, love that. Yeah, it's, uh, my part of it's talking about what's termed a centaur, a centaur team. So that's a human expert working with, um, with AI for a fucking enhanced expert yeah. because I think that's the future is centaur teams are going to do a lot yeah. more stuff like I, I honestly think with my daughter's let's say um, maybe not kid but her next contemporaries will probably go to university not registering for a specific degree there'll be an area in which you'd like to do something mm. and then I think you'll be assigned AI and that AI and you will co-design your degree as you navigate yeah, your time at university yeah you know, um, the AI of me, it's basically personalized it, to you well, as yeah. an individual. And yeah. it'll be looking at your strengths, it'll be looking at like what's going on in the job market, it'll be going on in trends around the world. It will plug into the job market everywhere so that your very specific mm. um, aptitude can be matched pretty much so that the job that's waiting for you, you are designing towards it. You know, I, oh, I, I love that. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how else it's going to work. Yeah, the, the one thing that we need to challenge, and I think um, all of us in the business industry, and I think there's a lot of people um, out there that, that have influence, is trying to really challenge the educational system. Mm. It's a huge problem. Um, yeah. We're teaching 20th century skills and expecting these kids to, to thrive in this era. And it's it's scary. It's it's literally scary. Yeah. Um. And you know, like technology is probably the fact if children don't have access to internet or to technology and being able to be exposed to this. I mean, think about it. A child under the age of thirteen years old can learn up to five languages. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fluently. So um, after after thirteen years old, you you have an accent and you have to review it all the time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So the same happens with technology. So if you learn it at, before the age of thirteen years old and it becomes something that's part of you, yeah, 
it's it's more intuitive. It's going to be more part of who you are than if you do it after the age yeah. of 13. I mean, those youngsters that uh, they call them the the digital natives or what, listen, digital natives, n- timeless millennials, digital immigrants, whatever. If you're born with a device in your hand, those people, when they come into the workforce, are going to shake the shit up. Yeah. And well, I, I mean, so- they'll design the few, you know, yeah. we won't actually have a hand in, in, in that design. We, we won't. There's no it's, way. It's not going to happen. No. And I think it's, I think it's important to recognize that, um, you know, they're probably going to solve the crap that our ancestors, that we made, that is still, I mean, look at Brexit. I mean, Brexit is a perfect example. Yeah. I mean, I like, mean AI could maybe have helped to sort that out. Yeah. Know, uh, fairly quickly I mean I, I'm waiting for the next election I mean how, how many the referendum all of that I think four elections they're still in this Brexit shit they can't get out of it mm. um, but there's so many human agendas I think that's why yeah. you're talking about so many agendas in one Correct. that's politics concentrated place but this is like politics on steroids because it's a massive mm. economic you know sec- zone Move your investments out. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I th- and also I think it makes sense because obviously you don't want it to be easy to leave the e- EU because then everyone might come and go as they please. Correct. You've got to make it almost impossible in order for that thing to have any integrity after this. I mean, the British, there's a quite a big chunk of it. So, mm. for them to leave economically is, is a beast. And, um, and then then other countries were making noises as if they'd like to leave as well. And I think they've quieted down because they've realized the the sheer complexity of it. 100%. I must tell you, uh, the other day we had Bronwyn Williams on, on, on the show. Uh, yes. Dion, Dion Chang's uh, partner. And she was talking about something so cool I thought you might find it interesting. It's clean tech. Clean tech? Yeah. So clean tech would be is like almost like, you know, when the standard of your tech and if it's clean, it will protect my data is the system... Um, you know, clear. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, how how is my data aggregated, and how is it protected? I mean, I was thinking about it the other day. I actually wrote an article about it. Um, my husband and I decided to escape the city just for a couple of days. We went to Durban, and it was a state of the art technology. Like as you walked in, um, no human contact. Like bizarre. Where was this? Um, it was close to what is the casino called? Uh, Sabaya. Sanco. Oh, Sabaya. Okay. Sabaya was. It was close. To, close to there. Um, look, a very cool place. Um, but the only thing is, uh, it had a biometric system. Mm-hmm. Now you you can access your property through through the biometrics. Um, and you just register at the boom gate, and then you have access to the property and. Ac- um, access to the facilities and then there's um, remote pinning that happens with the owner sitting somewhere in the states right. and tells you what pin do you want and then that becomes like everything was just like full on like I've, it was very cool and, but the system was down and the load shedding um, ah. was also a, a problem but then ironically I was actually very happy to be inconvenienced and I'll tell you why is because I felt how do I know that this new little business that has just rooted up, I'm giving my most intimate data that gives access to my to my bank account, that gets gives access to right. my my most intimate data that you could have. How do I know what they're doing with that data? Well, how do I know yeah. they don't have systems that can be hacked to access that data? Sure. 
And this but concerns then, me. If you think about how much, how many times a day you share data. I know. Yeah, I mean the hotel is a good example, but if you, th- I mean, I'm just thinking about today. What I've done today. I mean, I could be cloned and, you know, left outside my front door because of four <laughs> things I've done today already. I know, but this is the scary thing. It's like, um, uh, you know those things that says, uh, what kind of pizza am I or, or what yes. celebrity do you look like? Apparently that can access your whole identity and they can clone your your online identity when you participate wow. in those things and i mean like like this this is what clean data is all about it's like we need to get to a stage where you know we need to start um asking these questions i mean the protection of personal information how long has this now been going I yeah mean, that's true do you signal do i use signal no the texting service that's encoded no wait now check it out oh my god it's like whatsapp but it's safe Okay. We use it if we're saying things that are really like either like passwords or something important's being sent. Huh? Credit card number. Do you not know about signal? No. Oh my God, Carmen, oh my you God. said you were a fundy. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're going to get me into trouble. No, but check I'm- it out. It's actually quite good. And what's interesting is when you see who's on signal because you suddenly, obviously, the contacts you have that are on signal then pop up and you realize that only your like, contacts in quite serious industries are there. Oh, really? I'm going to mm. check it out. Maybe I should write something about it. Yeah, it's encrypted. It's really good. It's for people who don't like um, Facebook and WhatsApp and, and, you know, the usuals. They, they, they've either rebelled against the biggies or they want, like, really high-level encryption. I wish I could be that kind of rebel. I wish I could do that. Like, I wish I could say, I am no longer going to be on Facebook. I'm no longer going to be on Twitter. I'm not going to get yes. myself polluted. But uh, somehow our job is Isn't that like your us. business? I mean, that is your business. To I, be on those I things. I know, that's what... Yeah, I think you, I don't, you're I, not really... It's like me, I can't be sponsored by anyone. The moment I'm sponsored, I'm dead because I can't, I can't not have the freedom to say I hate this brand. So true. I nearly, I nearly explored it this year. I got lazy and I nearly did. And then I was like sitting in the sponsor's office and I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I, need, I need to go and buy a car right now <laughs> with my own money. No, really? So I did, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, I think I, I totally agree with you. And I think there's been a lot. I'm not going to name any celebrity names. I, I will. Okay, you go. Okay. W- what are we talking about? <laughs> I'll slander anyone. I don't care. I mean, care. like, there, there's, um, uh, wasn't it Sabu? DJ Sabu? He mm-hmm. was sponsored, I think, by DSTV or something. and then Or BMW. And then he wrote the car off. And, like, uh, no, there's been a few. There's, there's been a, a few. few. Yeah, I know Tumi Morake was sponsored by Jaguar and she had a head-on collision. Uh, destroyed the car. She's fine. Family's fine now. But... I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, it happens. It, ha- it, it happens, and then you, you, you would get sponsors. Oscar was the birds. bullets in the chamber for Nike. I mean, seriously, And then you shot yeah. Riva. So, I mean, these things, you know... I think we need to start looking into words. Words and the meaning of words, because it somehow manifests itself. But I see, <laughs> but like the knock-on of that will be... I mean, it was a perfectly legitimate idea um, from the advertising agency, and everyone thought it was pretty cool. I'm the bullets in the gun, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, they didn't know it's highly unlikely that someone that you write ads about is going to shoot their girlfriend with a gun through a door. Yeah. Because most people are never going to do that. Yeah, not true. But then after the fact, we all become experts and go, oh my God, how could you? Well, they didn't. It was reverse engineered. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it, it was never... Because now what happens is advertisers don't know what to say in case the impossible happens. It, that's so true. Which is ridiculous. I know. It's becoming a... I mean, it's becoming a very sensitive time where... 
brands and organizations feel that they cannot say, think, or do things, and they have to be so cautious. And then we get frustrated with brands because they're not um, saying the things that we want to hear, or they're not involved with these charities yeah. and have purpose and all of that. But at the same time, um, I believe brands needs to have a purpose above all things because if you look at an egg, an egg if you crack it on the outside is death. If you crack an egg from the inside, it's life. So, ah, uh -huh. I gotcha. I was gonna say, how do you crack an egg from the inside? Oh, there's a little chicken inside. Okay. So, yeah, Very so, good. So, where did the, the what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, right. And and that's why I I firmly believe that culture and um, having a sense of purpose that everybody's aligned and feel part of something far bigger than themselves. Yes, it's so important. Mm. But then at the same time, organizations might have a purpose, but it's not a purpose. That everybody's going to feel okay with like no. there was this um case study it was um in the united states i can't remember all the detail um honey made so honey made was called something else so you know those um what is the biscuits with the marshmallow um s'mores s'mores yeah. yeah so you make it's a graham biscuit and then you make the s'mores with it but the graham biscuit was actually created by like some um he was like a, a serious christian like type of guy right. and then what he did was he he said that in these biscuits like if you eat it you won't have a tendency to be gay or oh. um you know your se sexual orientation will be aligned and so forth and this it's a big, was big 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 uh, promise for a biscuit <laughs> <laughs> just a biscuit folks I know but this is what their purpose was and then they rebranded to Honey Made so two or two or three years ago they did this campaign where so basically if you won't if you don't put a gram in your mouth <laughs> you may be gay I mean this is why conservative people should not be allowed to anywhere near the running of the world exactly Can wow you get a gram in your mouth yeah <laughs> God. I we mean, like <laughs> just asking. So, but you now the interesting thing is that they went uh, a few years later, um, they rebranded and they did a campaign. I would say, I think. Because you can years. eat a honey made. You can eat a honey You made. just can't eat a gram. You can't okay. eat a gram just Fair because they rebranded it. Right. But then they put things right. Right. And they, they created a TV ad where they say all families wake up the same way and with love. Okay. And they had a, 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 a different racial family or they had a gay family. Like a diverse with a or a very blended diverse family. And, yeah. You know, all about equality. Mm. And um, the moment they launched this ad, they had to make a very big decision. Do we remove it or do we keep it? Because they got had so much like people coming back at them and lashing them and saying like how dare you have like represent these families it's you know you know how americans can oh, but get like damned if you do damned if you don't exactly so it's, it was 10 percent um of, of their market that was just going ballistic and they they set up sites to boycott the company right. it was like a huge thing I mean, is it a delicious biscuit yes okay well that's always probably going to win in the long run Ex they won't really boycott it well, but you know, I mean, they've, they've, they've generated debate, you know, they've generated conversation, they've said that they did something wrong. That's amazing. Uh, it's totally. You know, now it's about how you apologize. It's just, you know, who's perfect? No, exactly. You know? I think businesses also need to get a little bit more backbone. Yeah, I think brands have to take more stands. I think it's called a brand stand. I've heard about this before, where brands actually take on an issue. Yeah. They call it taking a brand stand. Um, and I think it's quite good. I want to see a stadium when you say that. Yeah, 
I mean, it, the, but the big question is, is it genuinely a stand based on a moral standpoint or mm. is it a marketing trick? Like this guy Kaepernick in America who took a knee during the American football, great like thing he did. Nike got behind him. Um, but did they? Because you see, Nike will back a guy who stands for kneeling <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I get what he, I get what he was doing, and I think it was a very powerful thing he did. But this is a company that's not wanted for human rights abuses where they manufacture, mm. or they don't even um, have their own staff on their own payroll. They're outsourced so that they can abuse human rights and never be responsible. So you know, it's a double-edged sword. Mm. You know, if the paedophile is looking after children, do we just go, oh well, he's doing something good, or do we go, oh, hang on? You see, it's a very complex um, yeah. situation. We would never be able to solve all these problems. No, we can't. But I, I think what we have to do is be able to appreciate complexity rather than re reduce everything to polar opposites uh. and then argue to be right because uh. that's what I'm against and that's why I don't like where comedy is at the moment. This thing of like simple stereotypes and polarized thinking is bullshit. I think we need a far more complex approach to society and every human being is capable of processing complexity that's what got you to the top of this rock mm. so we think it's cool to simplify everything and it's not mm. you know one thing i must admire with you guys is like um the research that goes into standing on up on that stage like <laughs> recently i've started writing my own courses right right and although i love it and and what's going through my mind I keep I kept on thinking about you guys. I'm like, I remember the last time we spoke. You said you, brain dump is five months of research. Yeah, and I'm like, you really have to go through a lot of complexity and a lot of because you can't just make a, a, a judgment on one piece of information or one book that you've read. Yeah. So how do you how do you consolidate all that kind of information in order to deliver something that can give people to talk about, think about, maybe not like like. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky. I think there are a lot of, um, I think the word is heuristics. Like there's a lot of just instinctive stuff that you do. I don't know if there's a recipe. I think studying at Henley's really helped me. Mm. I think um, getting really, really, spending a lot of time with the dean, John Foster Pedley, he's one of the best teachers around. Um, just from a sheerly, like getting you to love learning. He's so good at that. Get you excited about learning. Um, so there's the, that. Uh, and not being judgmental of people. John mm. is a very, very, he makes academics accessible. And um, where it's supposed to be this kind of ivory tower, he breaks it down all the time. Wow. So he will stand and make fun of himself and then deliver a brilliant lecture on strategy. Like it's just, it's mind bending. And then I saw it again in Lagos with the, the Dean of Henley UK, uh, John Board, who was making jokes backstage the whole time <laughs> and then delivered a finance lecture that I was like, Holy shit, that was so good. I got that. <laughs> I understood Sharia finance for the first time in my life. Um, so I think it's a combination. For me personally, I don't know if there's a, um, I can't speak for all comics, but my own research is partially learning an academic um, method mm. and also um, getting excited about learning. And so I'm excited to tell the audience what I've learned in that time. Gotcha, gotcha. I think. So, so are you going to become like a professor or something? What is what are you going to like end up being like? Who knows? I don't know. You're I've got so some, interesting. I've got some business partners who've got PhDs, and and I feel like I'm way behind. So, see, it's it's, it's all about who you surround yourself with, eh? Apparently, <laughs> uh, appa apparently, um, you know, Bradley Cooper found Lady Gaga. Great move. Great move.
I wish they were together though. Yeah, I think most people do, and I think that's part of the magic of that whole thing is <laughs> like you'll never know. You never know. I don't believe they haven't been together. Yeah, I, I, this t- the chemistry I don't know how is you just put too that amazing. Kind of, well, also that kind of talent, that kind of lifestyle. It's like you live a similar life. You kind mm. of you can't just walk around. It's like a whole thing, um, and you want to believe it. Like we love stories. You know, you spoke Correct. about stories. Yuval Harari talks about how we're the only ape that can believe a story together. Correct. And then we believe it so hard it becomes real, whether it's a nation or a currency or a, a corporation. We just believe fiction into existence. We all want to believe that those two are a couple. Yeah, I know. Like, as you were saying that, I, I, read, I, can't, I can't remember who, who told the story, but I found it so fascinating. In the caveman days, right? Yes. You used to see these images, and always when they caught the animal... The, an- the animal is is so big on the pictures and the guy is so, so small. small. Yes. <laughs> because after they had dinner, because they didn't have TVs, obviously, they didn't right. have anything else to do. So no. storytelling was what they did. Yes. So they would basically write, like they would they would say that these animals were so big and they were so tiny. So it becomes a more story dramatic. and it's more dramatic looking, mm. you know, overemphasizing and augmenting <laughs> the story to such yeah. a state. Well, and you know, men, we always <laughs> say things are much bigger than they are. Yeah. Oh my God. Can't believe I slipped in a dick joke after all that talk about comedy theory. How cheap. It was so cheap. I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize to everyone. All of you. Okay. So if there's any regrets, now's your time to say, what do you, reg- what is your regrets in life? I don't have any because I, you know, I've done so many bad things. Like I, and I'm really open about it. Like, I mean, I've, you know, I had a huge drug past and I've been an, an idiot to good people. And like, but you know, but, but at the end of the day, like I was telling my daughter, I can't go back and regret anything because then I wouldn't be here. Correct. And, and, you know, if I changed something, maybe I wouldn't have my daughter and, and or, you know, I had to be married to her mum and to get my daughter. So, so. And she's your life. You know, I mean, and, but even that, you see, I can't even say that because I don't want to put that pressure on her. Mm. So I just want to be able to let her go at the end of this year, which is going to be the hardest thing ever. But, but that's my problem, not hers. Yeah. Like I'm going to have to drive her to hopefully Stellenbosch or wherever she goes and then leave her there. But, you know, like it's like leaving my dad, you know, where he died. I mean, it's, but it's my job to let go. Like that's, yeah. that's my other, you know, when you teach someone to scuba dive, your last job as an instructor is to push them away. Because they think that diving means diving with you. Then you haven't done your job. You've got to let them dive in a way that they must dive on their own. And they, they sure. feel cool with you because you taught them. And on the last dive you do together, you swim away from them. And it's weird. Oh, my gosh. That's what they but, do. Well, no, but you, it's what some of us do because I'm not teaching you to dive with me. I'm teaching you to dive. So, so my last job is to swim away. And, and everyone's like, <laughs> they panic. <laughs> like, bro, you can still breathe. You still have air, bro. Just relax. Just swim over there with your friends and the fishes and I'll be over here. Yeah. It's like The Bachelorette. I know it's awful. I'm watching it. Are you really? I'm sorry. I Carmen, I had so much respect for you until like about four seconds ago. And I was watching it and they were like skydiving. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. If somebody, I could never watch The Bachelorette. So <laughs> at least we have that in common. <laughs> You really? Why, why do you watch it? What, what is it? What, what do you like about it? You'll never ever get that time back. You could have read a book or watched a really good TV series. Do you know how many good TV series there are now? Fuck, there's some brilliant things. Like the Ricky Gervais thing is cool. The Derek. Afterlife. Brilliant. Afterlife. Derek. I mean, yeah. that's real TV. Oh, that's good. Have you watched Huge in France yet? No, what? Huge in France. No, oh, come on. You're watching The Bachelor. You haven't watched Huge in France. What's wrong with you? I know, but I, I, I do watch it. Have you watched the Fire Festival? 
I've watched everything. The Fire Festival is just sleep. like the most craziest I, I thing. I basically drink coffee and drink the blood of young comedians. I never stop <laughs> moving. Okay, Dracula. I, 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 exactly. I, I love watching Fire Festival. Do you know why I loved it? Because the company that lost all the money in being the publicists realized during the, the making of that festival they weren't going to get paid. They made the documentary as a backup to make their money back. Um, the company called Fuck Jerry Media. You know, that's the name of the company. They made the documentary, and when it all fell apart, they released the documentary and made their money. You know how bizarre, you know how many like crazy um, spam scams are out there on conferences and all of these things. Really? Yeah. Did you get Did you get scammed? Mm, did you? Almost what my happened? second time. Did you film so, this? No oh, shit! I should have filmed it. You really should have filmed. I would love to see it. <laughs> Listen, me going into panic mode. Did you have your own little fire festival <laughs> conference, <laughs> like? I got attempt. into black Twitter. Yeah. I have never, ever been in black Twitter. Like, you know, like first you take our land, now you take our dignity kind of stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story and probably going to expose myself to the problem again. Okay. So there was this um, a huge conference that was going to happen. A lot of Hollywood stars like Taraji is going to come, Holly Berry and the Nelson Mandela family and the Walter yeah. Sisulu family. Does, does, you start, does you start remembering? Um, they, were, they were all at the press release conference announcing who the speakers are going to be and I was supposed to be one of the panelists. I read about you in social media advertising this. <laughs> and we were thinking, wow, Carmen, this is like incredible. <laughs> And then not a word. <laughs> not a word. Oh. Yeah. And anyway, so I went to the press conference and Bonang was the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> made the announcement. And it all seemed very legit and mm. whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, my career from speaking publicly now is going to shoot for the stars because now I'm amongst the Holly Berries and sure. the, all of that. And I... Bonang. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to get the whole bachelorette thing. Um, and then I tagged in Halle Berry and Taraji and I tagged in Bonang. Just I can't wait for the Women, women in Media Conference. We're going to make such an impact on women's lives and whatever the case might be. <gasps> Bonang retweets to her crowd and within seconds, like it just goes bing, 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 bing. And it just goes crazy. Everybody's so excited and so forth. And there was all these selfies with the uh, Nelson Mandela family and whatever. And like two hours later, Taraji, you know, from Empire, retweets to say, I know nothing about this conference. It's a scam. And then uh, Halle Berry did the same. And Carmen is in this tweet. Carmen Great. Murray. She's getting coverage all I around the 1. world. I had 1.5 million impressions in like, I think, 24 hours. I think 4,000. And I was, I had to delete everything because they were threatening me. And it, it was like, because... I, um, Carmen Murray, please delete this. Like this is fake. Oh, they, and they found that you were the source of this. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know if I was the source because there was a lot of other press people. But, but like they I identified tagged. you as the because you were the social maven. Oh shit! It was hectic. Because you work hard on that, so you did yeah. it diligently. And then um, yeah, and then I got myself, and then CNN Africa tried to contact me for an interview. I hope you did it. I didn't. My husband, my husband said a few. Is he a lawyer? He works for the group. <laughs> <laughs> right. So <laughs> you so should have done that interview. Jesus, you need a proper manager. Really? Well, you manage me, John. I don't manage anyone anymore. I've sold that business. Damn, because I would have been your perfect, perfect girl. Right. Well, you should have. I mean, you really should have taken them all on. You could have ended up with your own show on somewhere big like Fox or something. Probably. I would I? never go to Fox. Oh my no, gosh. I mean, I mean, the money would be amazing. Yeah, and then I'd retire. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could do a big festival on an island that belongs to Pablo <laughs> Escobar. It'd be amazing. Oh you could invite the Mandelas. It'll be so awesome. <laughs> what a crazy time. Anyway, and then you could I advertise dead Nelson Mandela as a speaker. It would be incredible. <laughs> Everybody would come. You could say it's a hologram. They did it with Brenda Fussy, and it was really successful. <laughs> Gosh, you are too funny. Listen, I wish I had the whole day to sit with you in studio, but I know you're a busy man because the Oracle has um, uh, got to do some work out there. Like the Oracle of Elova. All um, over. So we're going to play the Barry Hilton game. A smart, smart, arc. smart, ask. smart, ask. smart, 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 ask. Okay. You being one of the most smartest guys I know, oh, this is going to be easy for you. A lot of people have made this mistake. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hello, my cousins. It's Barry Hilton here, and welcome to the Carmen Murray Show. Have I got something lacquer to show you? I've got a game that I've invented called Smart Ask. Yes, can you be a smart ask? I'm sure you can. Most of us are smart askers, but this game, it's quite simple. It's split up into six categories. There's nine cards on each category. Every card has six questions. The dealer chooses the question, and all you have to do is answer Three questions correctly to win the game. Is that easy? Uh, well, all of the answers are in multiples of three. So let's get ready to play the game. On your marks, get it. Go. Right. Food and nature. Three types of rock. Igneous, sedimentary, and aqueous. I don't even know if it's true. Products of pork. Bacon, ham, and trotters. Chinese precious stones. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Spices. Uh, 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 turmeric, uh, pepper, and salt. Marsupials? What the? <laughs> your, your marsupials? Or? <laughs> he's, he's the- <laughs> okay, um, leafy vegetables. Uh, celery, lettuce, and cabbage. Root vegetables. Carrots, turnips, and potatoes. Uh, okay, cities in Africa. Lagos, Accra, and Durban. Okay, European rivers. The Seine, the Danube, and the the uh, Rhone. French cities. Paris, uh, 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 Nice, and um, uh, the other one. No! There you go. Listen, you did very well. Couldn't think of a French city. Damn it. Couldn't think of spice. I couldn't think of spices. There's so many. And you're like the chef of night. Yeah, and I'm trying to think what I was cooking with last. It was turmeric, weirdly. Turmeric is such an interesting spice. Apparently, like if you, yeah, you, like you can. If you snort it, you get an erection for three hours. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> You've heard. I don't know. I was laughing. Barry Yelton says, <laughs> and the dealer asked the questions, and I was. The just dealer like, <laughs> asks the questions. <laughs> that sounds so wrong somehow. When you're in Melville, it's a whole other ball game. <laughs> oh, listen, I've had such a blast. It's always Me so too, good man. to see you, and we we're gonna definitely catch up. And um, I think you come gonna... to the show. I'll send you invites. Yeah, I've already got the invites. Oh wow, look at you. You're yeah, ahead. yeah, I'm well ahead, huh? See, like you and Jade and Alexa, between the three of you. Yes, we are so connected. It's incredible. It's like we are like. The AI of comedy you're, and AI. You're the AI trinity. Well, the AI. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good word. Isn't Carmen like a religious? Isn't there a religious Carmen aspect? Sita, so, so Carmen is actually a Spanish name, which means rose, but she was actually a Spanish whore. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'm not that. 
Okay. I mean, I'm just it, saying, it, it didn't come up, but I'm um, good to know. You know the Carl So I was named after that. Which is a sort of a pompy sounding song. <laughs> it sounds a little bit sort of cheerful and, you know, Ooh, dynamic. Uh-uh. Listen, we, we've had such a fun time. Um, and le- where can people get tickets? Tickets. Uh, where can tickets. Buy? Go to Comfy tickets. tickets. Yeah, the show's at the Monte Casino Theatre, uh, Peter Turin Studio. And um, it starts on the 24th of April. I think it runs till early in June. And you can get tickets at Comfy Tickets. And it's, I think it's, it's Wednesday to Sunday. And just we're just going to say this in case. Yes. It might be your last show. It may be. And uh, buy, go and see it. And let, if let, let me tell you this: that for the last three months, I have not been earning my money from comedy. Really? Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is, I have options. And <laughs> so when I say it might be, it's not. I'm not. I, I don't. It's not based on how well the show does. It really depends on, at the end of this run, how I feel about doing jokes that are like commercial. Okay, guys, all of you, please get out there. Go and buy your tickets. We really can't have this happen. This is like, I know all good things come to end, but you're way too young. Thanks. Well, let's see. I don't know so much. In comedy, <laughs> like technology, we have a limited lifespan. No, true, true, true. Um, thank you so much, guys. Thank and you. go and buy your tickets. And uh, there's a lot of interesting shows dropping soon, so keep your eyes out. Ciao. To our amazing audiences around the world, thank you so much for your ongoing support. Please take a moment to review and rate your favorite episodes, which will help others find us. You mean the world to me, and I thank you for being part of my journey to get people future fit. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. For show notes and more episodes, Visit solidgoldstudios.co.za slash Carmen Murray.